0: It's I on Real Estate on AM 970.
1: The answer.
2: And we're back, and boy, does time fly! Welcome to the second hour of Time And of course, we're here with our resident legal expert, Attorney Steve Rebert, a partner at the prestigious firm Passon and Passon, located in Westchester. And he's going to fill us in on the latest legal developments in real estate and, and what he's seeing. Um, and you, know, Stephen, I was talking to Tom in the beginning of the show, and we were talking about you know. Well, last night I had about 10 different papers I'm reading, you know, recession, cooling, uh, next year is going to be horrible, uh, all different things. And, of course, I know bad news sells papers, but I think people are kind of, and, you know, saying it's a, a slowdown. And, of course, we are cooling. The market is cooling to a more normal market. We're also getting into the holidays, the time of year where people, you know, I tell people if someone comes out in a snowstorm, you know they're a buyer. Um but there's such different news out there um you know talking about what the housing market's going to do in the next year. One of the clients now, Stephen, as I tell everybody, when you do buy a home, you need to go to a real estate attorney don't use your son in law don't use just some friend who's a divorce attorney. go to the best and go to someone who really understands the real estate business and Stephen is the best. As far as my concerns, I call it the human encyclopedia. What are you seeing, Stephen, with your clients? What are they asking you? What are their concerns? What, what are they thinking? What, 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 what feel you getting from your clients?
3: Sure, thank thank you, Dottie. Um, and, and you know, there, there's a lot going on. And for a second, I just want to say a, a 30 seconds about our law firm, so you can people can get sure. a sense of the context. We're a law firm that's, you know, 90-some-odd percent focus on real estate of every shape and size. That first-time home buyer buying a co-op studio, developers, affordable housing, multifamily, development, commercial mortgage-backed securities. And we have four offices. We're in Manhattan right by Grand Central. We're in Westchester, and we're in Dallas and Phoenix. So when I'm giving these comments, um, while there's a heavy New York focus, we're also doing work all around the country. I want to give that context because what's so important about real estate is when you average out the statistics a lot of times it loses its meaning right you know I like to have hot soup and cold ice cream but you really don't want to have half melted ice cream and, and, and look warm soup that, that doesn't quite taste right
2: right and,
3: and so keep that in mind with a lot of statistics because you have certain markets which are gangbusters locally certain markets which are underperforming locally um, within these statistics. So what am I seeing going on? On the one hand, people are definitely still doing transactions, and I think that's probably one of the biggest myths that's out there, that when, you know, things are bad, people are doing nothing, right? Things are never as good as they seem and never as bad as they seem. There's still activity going on. What I What I think is happening right now is you have a lot of people who are uncertain, So you have people who want to make that move to buy. They want to maybe transition and move themselves, and they're going to be selling. But they're asking themselves, because there's so much in flux, you know, the conventional wisdoms are out the window. The rates have moved, right? The economy has some question marks, right? So they don't know. And people don't want a mistake. And, you know, I've been doing this long enough. I saw two key rounds of people being burned, that I think people are aware of in New York. One, right after 9-11. For a short period of time, for a couple of months in particular, people were very nervous and uncertain, and some people you know, did a fire sale of quality assets. And the same time also in 2008, when we had global financial contagion, mainly out of Asia, and then also the mortgage-backed securities markets, um, there were issues with ratings and quality and we went through a very painful time period of deleveraging and TARP. People remember that. Those two events, which have all happened in the last 20 years, those two events are way more financially concerning and catastrophic than any recession we're going through right now. So I want to first put the context on. Number one, those two are very, very scary. I mean, if you go back to 2008, And there were some, actually a couple of great films about it. There were times where the short-term commercial paper market were about to freeze up. And literally, you know, the the treasurer, the secretary, treasury said, if we don't take something in the next 24 hours, this whole market might collapse, right? That is how, you know, catastrophic and acute the situations were. We are nowhere near anything like that now. So number one, I want to put that context. But what it is is a smart seller is going to say, wait a minute. In both of those crises within the last 20 years, if I sold when things were down, boy, did I lose a lot of money. If I just waited six months, you saw the market rebound and then grow. And anybody who bought before, during, or after 9-11 or before, during, and after 2008 financial contagion and just held on to the property – Everyone made money across the board. So I think what you're seeing right now is a smart seller is going to say, why would I sell at a discount if I don't have to, right? Sometimes some people have to sell, but if you don't have to sell, you know, why sell? And you're seeing that manifest, Dottie, because the inventory is still pretty low, right? I know. You're not seeing a buildup of inventory and then all these sellers with no buyers. And I'll tell you, here buyers had this conversation yesterday. I'm looking for the right property. I can't find it. You know, so that conversation's definitely there.
2: Well, I talked about that in the beginning of the show. I said there's a lack of inventory. I mean, it's opened up a little bit, but we still have more buyers looking to buy than sellers. We have uh, the millennials, which are just buying population, and then we have the Generation Z, which is right behind them. Um, and we don't have, you know, we, you know, and a buyer's market is where we have a lot more inventory than we have buyers. And uh, that's not the case. Uh, of yeah, course, that, when you're comparing things yeah. to interest rates that were two and a half, three 3% and everybody was looking to get more space or get out of the city or have a place where we are on lockdown where they could work and, and keep their sanity with kids running around. Um, we had a lot of movement. So I think it's an unfair um, I think it's an unfair comparison when you compare the market we're in now to the market that we had when the interest rates were two and a half percent, three, and we were in lockdown. I think it's kind of unfair. Um,
3: agreed, agreed. So, so issue number one, you know, is definitely inventory mismatch. Um, that 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 that's one issue. Yeah, look, rates have gone up, but I'll tell you, we have. I, I think it's a less of a factor in Manhattan and parts of Brooklyn than other parts of the country we have a significant portion of our market that that are all cash buyers and are not um, limited by what's what's going on with rates. And, in fact, some have said, look, I want to buy now because I think we still have a number of months of very soft equities markets, and real estate would be a much more stable investment. So you're seeing some people who want to shift asset classes from, Um, equities to to real estate, particularly residential, because of that. The the other thing I want to point out, and and Tom, I know, mentioned it in the first hour, what we're also seeing is some odd issues, what we call an inverted yield curve. And what I mean by an inverted yield curve is normally you have a curve that's that's a smooth, soft upswing where interest rates generally, you get a higher interest rate if you leave your money in the market longer, Right. If somebody, if you go to the bank, normally, if you want to take out a CD for one year, the bank will give you one rate, but if you're willing to do a three-year or a five-year, they'll give you a higher or a better rate. That's a normal yield curve because you're locking in your money longer. What we're seeing now is an inverted yield curve where the short term, because of some of the economic uncertainty, is actually paying sometimes a higher rate than the longer term. So it's a little backwards. So... What we're seeing is that we have clients say, look, let me get an adjustable rate loan. And I'm intending to refinance in a year or two when rates rebalance a little more appropriately, when I think interest rates will go down. You know, if we have an election day on Tuesday and, you know, you might see some changes. And in that, I I think that one of the big issues that we have with inflation, you know, separate from the supply chain issue and, and retooling things, which, which I'll mention in a second is you have contradictory economic policies, right You have the Federal Reserve increasing rates to slow down the economy, but you have government spending at all-time high and they're demanding services. Government spending has to come down and so that you have our fiscal policy in alignment with our monetary policy. right there right now they're not in alignment at all. And so it's like driving a car, using two feet you're accelerating and hitting the brake at the same time and that's not smart economic policy and that i think we need to get past the election before the political class will deal with that seriously but i think that's um that's something that's on the agenda um yes and don't forget
2: we will must vote on tuesday
3: absolutely regardless, regardless regardless of who you vote for you know, it, it, it's, it's a right, you know, and, and with that right, I, I would say an ethical obligation. Uh, that That's what keeps the republic sound. Um, but, Dottie, I'll tell you, there's plenty of good news, too. And, and I'll give you an example. Wednesday night, I went to a new development open house in Kelsey, just west yes. of 7th Avenue, packed full of people. And I'll tell you, entry-level apartments, a 700-square-foot one-bedroom, was listed at $1.5 And the building was already 60% sold, and there were probably 150, 200 people at the rooftop party looking at it. Um, You know, and and so, you know, there's definitely activity. So don't also hear the news and say, oh, everyone decided to take a nap and they'll wake up after they have their hangover, you know, on New Year's. There's people still working and
4: things happening.
2: You know, it's interesting that you said that because in uh, the New York Times on Friday, November 4th, yesterday, they had an article that said exactly what you're saying. First-time buyers losing out to the older, whiter, and wealthier, and it basically says that home buyers are older now, wealthier, and um, that all cash offers are really hurting first-time buyers who don't have all cash because so many people have all cash and of course you know unlike 2008 where you could get what they called stated mortgages meaning that you know as long as your credit was okay you could say oh how much do you make even "Oh, I make four million dollars fine and they didn't check and you know the banks made sure you put a decent down payment down and the banks um, people have equity. People's homes really. People have a lot more equity in their homes now than they did then. So, what do you tell first-time buyers? Because you know it's tough for them to compete with all. And as you said, there's a lot of all-cash offers going on. Um, what do you? What advice do you give them? What do you tell them?
3: Um, it's tough. Some, sometimes you know they, they. I think they have to be flexible. Uh, you know, sometimes they have to be a little bit more flexible in their search on neighborhoods and location and commuting time, right? You know, every purchase of real estate is a compromise, whether it's price, whether it's when you close your deal, the location of the property, the condition of the property, the layout, the outdoor space, et cetera. So you always got to figure there is always something that you have to be flexible on. And, you know, I, I have a lot of sympathy for first-time home buyers, right? You have... You know, the equity markets didn't have had a bad year. So maybe people's down payment didn't really grow or maybe even went down and rates went up. And so, you know, it's tough for that first time homebuyer. This is where, you know, we see plenty of parents who help maybe sometimes they co-sign or guarantee a loan. Be careful because there's liability and tax consequences on how you structure those deals. And and we do that a lot. Um, Yeah, you have to go to
2: an expert on that.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And, and the, you know, but at the same time, maybe you can offer different things. And this is where I think it's very, very important. People so much get focused in on the price. And obviously, price is important. Sellers want more. Buyers want to pay less. But people forget sometimes how being flexible on negotiating terms can help a lot. I have a client right now. We're about to sign a contract. And what made the deal happen is, the parties agreed to close six months from now. And that was absolutely critical. And I'm telling you, the parties would t- be willing to trade some money on the price to get that flexibility. So it's always critical, and this is one of the things that we do. And, and it, this is where and it's also so important that when you're dealing with an attorney and a broker, you're not dealing with the low man on the totem pole. You're really dealing with somebody who's, you know, a leader on that team to say, wait a minute, there's an opportunity here to negotiate something a little bit different and and make the deal happen. Very, very important.
2: I know, you know, and it also, I was reading um, in the Wall Street Journal, um, uh, yesterday's Wall Street Journal actually, that the median distance people moved rose to 50 miles from 15. So, uh, because of remote work, because people, A lot of companies are letting people work from home or at least work some part of the week from home that people are now willing to purchase further away from their jobs, Um, which is something that if you're a first-time buyer, you might want to look at.
3: Yeah, you know, I think that's a great point, and I think that also, you know, it's important to see what trends we're seeing in the office market as well. And so that's also a little bit a tale of two cities as well in the office market. You have certain properties that are in very high demand and certain ones that are languishing. And what we're seeing is that tenants are willing to pay a premium for premium space. Like proportionately, if you have a newer building with a modern layout, with modern amenities, like even a gym, or if you have, you know, certain other amenities in the, in the building, they are willing to pay proportionately more. So I think the story that you're seeing now in the office market is that tenants are willing to pay more per, per square foot than they used to, but demand more. And what they're doing is they're taking less square footage for employee. And the way they're solving for it is they want a marquee address. They want a marquee office. So when you're in the office, you really get a top experience. And I think a lot of them are moving to, some level of hybrid, both in how much in the office. you got to come into the office, but you don't have to come in every day, right? And then also what they're doing is much more of swing space, right? Instead of saying these people all have dedicated offices, they'll have workstation areas, and it's sort of a first-come, first-serve, or you make a reservation for that space. And it's allowing employers to take less space on a per-employee basis still have really a grand office and that's really the trend that we're seeing
2: yeah and people want to have a a good environment to work in um they want flex space and i remember when i first started the real estate business you know and i'm sure you remember too i mean the 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 agents have been in business for a long time they wanted these big offices huge you know spaces and honestly today i don't think people care about that so much you know, they just, you know, have a little rolling uh, cabinet that they can lock and they can come in and they can move further. And I think that um, when they say the market's cooling, again, yeah, it, it's cooling to what I consider a more normal market. I don't think we were in a normal market. I think it was crazy. And I think the pandemic spurred that Uh yeah. I, you know, and, and it, people were just looking yeah, for no, more, you know, space. You have young kids. It's really hard to work on lockdown with young kids around. And so people look for more space, more outdoor space. And, I, you know, I think that when they that when they say it's cooling, they're comparing it to a time that was really a surreal time in real estate.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, again, I think also what the definition of success is different, right? It used to be the big corner office what was the marker within the organization. But I think as organizations are evolving, that is becoming, you know, less important. And that's driving the decisions on the type of office space being rented. Well,
2: Stephen, I think you should have a wonderful weekend. And hopefully next week I'd love to talk about my biggest question I get. Got it. And Stephen is buying a good investment still. So we'll be talking about that next week. Stephen, have a great weekend.
1: And we'll talk next week. New York City's first and only life plan community, River's Edge, will soon be built on a 32-acre campus along the Hudson River just minutes away from Grand Central and Riverdale. River's Edge, a community for adults ages 62 and up, combines a cosmopolitan lifestyle with the security of knowing that if your health changes, your needs can be met seamlessly right where you live. You have a life plan with easy access to uninterrupted on-site care at no additional cost, no matter how your needs change. River's Edge, your plan for wonderful. Call 844-55-RIVER. That's 844-55-RIVER or visit at riversedge.org. If you're one of the 100 million Americans who suffer from high blood pressure, this is for you. New Vix Nyquil High Blood Pressure is specially formulated for people with high blood pressure. Nyquil High Blood Pressure is sugar free and alcohol free. Nyquil High Blood Pressure is also decongestant free, unlike some ordinary cold medicines. So look for Vix Nyquil High Blood Pressure, the nighttime sniffling, sneezing, coughing, aching, fever, sore throat, cold, and flu for people with high blood pressure medicine uses directed.
4: Hi there, you ravishing advertiser, you. I know what you want. You need to find new customers, don't you? Well, look no further. With me, you just hit the jackpot. I'm New York City Radio. Your customers take me with them everywhere. Streaming, podcasts, on air. And I know what they really like. Sports, news, entertainment, you name it, I've got it. So, put your ads on me. I'm the media channel that'll make you really happy. New
0: York City Radio. The safe, sure way to talk to the customers you really want to talk Visit
5: nycradioads.com to get it on. Sponsored by New York City Radio Stations. MyPillow is having their biggest bed sheet sale ever. The MyPillow per kale sheets are available in a variety of colors and all sizes. Now on sale, for example, the queen size, regular price, $89.98, now only $39.98 with your promo code. Order now, as there is a very limited supply. The MyPillow Pillow Percale sheets are breathable and have a cool, crisp feel. They have deep pockets to fit over any mattress. The MyPillow per kale sheets come with a 10-year warranty and a six- 60-day money-back guarantee. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, use promo code AM970 to receive the MyPillow per kale sheets for as low as $29.98. Order now, because when they're gone, they're gone. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-651-0798. Use the promo code AM970. That's 800-651-0798. 800-651-0798. Use the promo code AM970. Hi, this is Hugh Hewitt. The November election is now on us. American families are getting hammered by roaring inflation, soaring crime, an open border, and a crisis in public education. China looms. We're at a critical juncture in the history of our great republic. But the blessing of living in a democracy is that you can do something about it. You can vote. Do not trust the polls. Do not make excuses. Do not sit this out. We need you. Make sure you're registered. Make your plans. Make a difference for your vote. Thank you.
1: Continuing with Ion on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. Here's the host of Ion on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman.
2: We're back, and boy, does time fly. You're listening to Ion on Real Estate. Um, I'm Dottie Herman, and I have a very special guest on, and we usually have her on um, right before Halloween, but since our show was cut due to a game last week, so we can only have an hour's show. I have her on this week, and um, she's always on. It's Dr. Jane Gibson, and she is joining us from Vancouver. Um, So she's one of the foremost experts on ghosts in North America. We're going to discuss how to know if the house you're going to buy has ghosts. Now, you might think that's silly, but it's really not, and many people think about that. And she's also going to talk about if you're already living in a house that you think might have a ghost, and you want to get rid of it. How do you do that? Um, if you Google internet searches for getting rid of ghosts, um, it's, it's, it's probably nearly has 2 million hits. Um, so <laughs> a lot of people want to know. So welcome back, Jane. Sorry we couldn't have you on last week, but of course our show was cut short. But I would not miss a Halloween without you. So tell oh, us. How nice. Good morning,
6: Dottie.
2: Good morning. It's great to have you back.
6: And I'd love you to tell people,
2: if they haven't heard you,
4: how you got into being a ghost rescuer. Oh, my goodness. A, a, A long time ago now, 2005, I think, was the first ghost I rescued. There was a friend of mine who was living in an apartment building. And the building, unfortunately, was, you know, like loaded with ghosts and She came to me and said, you know, can you do this? And I thought, well, I guess I'll give it a try. (laughs) And it was successful. I I, I can tell you I I don't know how I did that first ghost rescue, but I know it was successful. I certainly know how I do it today, so um, my skill has, has improved since then. Could you tell us a little about, you know, how does
2: someone know if there's a ghost and if they, you know, what are the signs and what, you know, when when they feel that they might have one um, and they contact you, what are the things that you might tell them to do or what what are the things that you do to remedy that? Because certainly, I mean, I like Casper, the friendly ghost,
4: but other than him, <laughs> I could live without yeah, Casper, I know. He's uh he's a little cutie that one. Well, I, I think a lot of people just feel, you know, that their house is very heavy. It feels just heavy in there. And oftentimes, um, you know, the house might seem very dark and it's sort of unusual to have it, you know, always kinda dark even though the the lights are on. Um, sometimes people actually feel cold spots in their house while they're walking around. Um, you know, if you're going in from, let's say, the kitchen into the living area, you might have a cold spot there, and it's just unusual because the heat's on and you don't know why, you know, there should be anything that's cold. One of the other things I notice a lot is that the airflow is really diminished in a house. So, you know, I've been in into a house, um, you know, that was haunted and they, you know, I walk in and they've got every window open and all the doors open, but the air is not moving. Sometimes, too, you can have a real stale or musty smell, you know, in the house or in a closet somewhere that you just, you just feel like you just can't, you know, get rid of that. It doesn't matter how many times you open the window or even blow a fan, you still have that musty, stale you know, smell in the house, and then you know when things get kind of bad, and and a ghost gets really strong, um, you know things can move around, and and you can also hear knocks on the walls. Some people tell me that they hear footsteps, you know, going up the stairs. So you know, um, go ahead.
2: So, so when people how do, first of all how do people contact you, and how do you determine, like, if someone would call you and say, "I think that I'm, I, I think there might be ghosts in this house," um, I'm not sure yeah. because I don't see them. How do you, how can you help them, and how do you determine that, or what kind of things do you do to help them, find, you know, figure out how to get rid of them if they are ghosts?
4: Yeah, some sometimes people. Often people phone me and they just, you know, they think that they're going crazy when they're really not. I mean, we're talking about energy here. So when you're feeling a different kind of energy in your house and you know that something's going on, um, you don't want to, people don't want to call it a ghost, but, you know, often it it is a ghost. So what I do is, um, well, people, your first question, people contact me via email, so I do have my email contact and a contact Can you give us that while we're
2: speaking? Give us your email and I'm going
4: to post it to a Oh yeah, sure. It's Jane, Jane. J-A-Y-N-E at ghostrescuer.com and my website is ghostrescuer.com so people can find me there and there's a question and answer on my, you know, on my website. And, you know, they can start doing a bit of um, self-assessment, you know, from just from reading some of the things on my website and the, the answers and questions. So um, so they get in touch with me. And then I often, um, especially these days, you know, since COVID, since 2020, um, I, I do, a, a you know, a, a Zoom call or an, an, an audio call with people and, and I talk to them and say, what's going on in your house? And usually the first thing that they say is, I think I'm crazy, but I'm going to tell you this anyway. <laughs> so, <laughs> so so I listen. I listen carefully, you know, and I ask questions, of course, you know, as we're going along. And then I ask them to take me through their house. So oftentimes if we're on a Zoom call, people can be on their phone and they can actually, you know, show me and walk me down the you know, down the hallways and into the bathrooms and, you know, in, into the basement, that kind of stuff. And I can feel the energy, um, you know, even right through that call. So, um, so I know before I start whether, you know, we've got um, pockets of negative energy, we've got, you know, a ghost or something that, you know, is untoward in the house. And then from there, you know, I, we hang up and I just, I do my work, in you know in the privacy of my own home and i will write up a whole you know a whole write up as to what i found often i'll do some research as well because you know if i find that there's a ghost that of let's say a first nations person um i want to know whether the area that that person and that house you know is at actually had first nations um um, activity or, or, uh, villages or whatever, you know, way back when. So, um, I will do research uh, as much as I can anyway, to try and, uh, uh, verify, you know, what it is that I found in their homes. And yeah, well, I, you know, I certainly believe in
2: energy and I, you know, of course see homes all the time. So there's a certain energy you feel when you walk into a home, um, But I think for people, you know, with ghosts kind of being, you know, I'm not, it's kind of something that, you know, some people believe in, some people don't, Uh, Mm -hmm. it's hard to determine what that really, that whether it's just bad energy or there really is a ghost. But if you, if someone could contact you and I will post your website um, and they should go to it and then you do your homework and you must have a gift because if you, you can feel that, you can feel that energy and you can feel that. Is it that a ghost is trying to leave, or do they want to stay, or most times they really want to get released, do you think?
4: Well, I think that by the time people realize, and that I realize that there's a ghost going on in, in the house, that that ghost is ready to go. So I always send them to the other side. I don't even question um, with them. I some Some ghosts don't want to go right away, but I will... Help them to understand that it's time for them to go because everybody no matter no matter what that soul you know was on the face of this earth every soul deserves to grow and to learn spiritually and we can't do that unless we unless we go to the other side and go into the light so that's one of my values that I have you know when I do this work is that everybody deserves to go so, you know, I, I always send them, um, some, and like I said, sometimes, you know, they go willingly and sometimes I have to, you know, do a little convincing to get them to go to the other side. But it's so, important. If,
2: if, so if someone would contact you, Jane, mm-hmm. um, you do your homework from your home and you determine, number one, is there a ghost or, you know, yeah. is that they're not? And if mm-hmm. you determine there is a ghost, do you send them a report on what they should. Are there certain things that they can do,
4: or how do you help them? No, I actually will do. I actually will do the rescue and the clearing. So I'll do the clearing in the house. Um, I think also what you're getting at, Dottie, is that sometimes there is not a ghost in the house, and that's fine too. I mean, there are there are pockets of energy that are left in your house that I call pockets of negative energy and those those pockets of energy need to be cleared out as well. Those things come from just daily living. You know, um you when you wake up in the morning you um you know you go through your 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 partner's energy, you go through your pet's energy, you get Jane, ready to can go you, out you the hold door. that
2: thought for one
4: one moment, we're,
2: we're doing a commercial break, but I want to really get to that point on how to tell if you have a ghost and what you do. Um, we just want to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back with Jane Gibson, and she is a ghost rescuer. And you certainly want to make sure you don't have ghosts in your house. We'll be right back. We're just going to do this great conversation.
5: The following is a paid political announcement. Sunday mornings just got a lot more interesting. Be sure to tune in to Frankly Speaking with Frank Pallotta, Republican House candidate for U.S. Congress representing New Jersey's 5th District. Frank will be discussing the issues of the day that affect everyone. The economy, crime, veterans affairs, seniors, border security, and much, much more. Don't miss it. Frankly Speaking, Sunday mornings at 10 on AM 970, The Answer.
6: This is Frank Pallotta, and I approve this message. What can you expect at Adelphi University? Don't expect ordinary. Because this is where extraordinary happens every day. Classes smaller professors more like mentors clubs and organizations to jump into over 90 graduating salaries 28% higher than the national average over $70,000 a year for baccalaureate grads a US News and World Report best college with exceptional undergraduate programs graduate and doctoral programs certificates and continuing education top-ranked academics with hands-on learning in healthcare STEM arts and humanities social work, psychology, and the business and teaching professions with career guidance that's one national recognition. More scholarships, more internships, more friendships, wherever you're going, whatever your age, whatever your goal, you can expect extraordinary. Adelphi University. Learn more at adelphi.edu slash exceptional.
1: Jamie's log. Progressive. The Harrington's Backyard. Day 27. 333 AM. 333. All those threes mean something. Or I may be losing it. Been camped in the Harrington's Backyard for 27 days now, proving that Progressive has 24-7 protection. They told me every day they understand what 24-7 protection means. think I'm finally getting through to them. 333. Progressive doesn't just offer a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection. Just not literally from Jamie. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations.
5: The Orange look to bounce back as they head onto the road again. Now ranked 22nd, Syracuse visits Pittsburgh Saturday. Join us for Orange pregame at 2.30, kickoff 3.30. On AM 970, the answer. New York's home for Syracuse University football. Hello, this is Joe Cordell. Cordell & Cordell is a firm that
0: practices family law exclusively. We focus on only one area of the law to maximize our strength and effectiveness as advocates for clients that have everything on the line, their homes, savings, and most importantly, their children. We're the partner our clients count on. 866-DADS-LAW. 701 Eastgate Drive, Suite 310, Mount Laurel, New Jersey, 08054. Diana Magala, licensed in New York and New Jersey. Joseph Cordell, licensed in Missouri and Illinois only. CordellCordell.com. Greetings, this is Sebastian Gorka. The election is now upon us, and the choice of direction is yours to make. Vote early, or vote on election day, but vote.
1: Continuing with Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. Here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the Vice Chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. You're listening to Eye on Real Estate, I'm Dottie Herman, and we're just...
2: um talking to Jane Gibson, who is from Vancouver, and she's a ghost rescuer, and her website is Jane, J-Y-N-E, at ghostrescuers.com, and if you go to the website, you'll find out plenty of information to see if you might have a ghost, Um, and if you do, you can contact her, and she will send you a a report on how to help that ghost return to wherever they're returning to.
4: How long have you been doing this? I've been doing this about eighteen years now. Wow! Wow! And I do it. I do it all over. I'm. I'm. I'm an international rescuer. Um, My most recent um, one that I did was in Mexico, Mexico City. Really. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's fascinating. It is a fascinating thing to do. It's uh i'm I feel very blessed to be able to have this ability to do this um I also agree with you know with other uh people who do this kind of work that you know anyone can do it. It's just that we need to be plugged in and 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 we need to you know start understanding about energy and what you know what energy can do for us so yeah we well, were thank talking you about so much
2: Jane. It's really been a pleasure, and I'm going to post it on my website for if anyone who's driving and can't write it. Um, again, jane at ghostrescuers.com. Jane, thank you so much, and we'll be sure to post it on our website. And thank you. It's such valuable information for all of us.
4: I really Have a appreciate great talking to you. I, I'm happy to hear your voice, and you sound really good, so I hope that things thank are well. Thank you, Jane. With you. Have a Bye. wonderful weekend. You as well. Bye-bye now. Bye. I
2: know you kind of think, some people think, oh, my God, that's ridiculous. But I do believe in energy. And whether it's a ghost or just bad energy, I believe homes have energy. And being in business so long, I I usually feel energy. And I know that um, it's really important. So if for nothing else, go to that site. It's really uh, very informative. You would like it. I decided that what I'd like to do, we only have a few minutes left of the show, but I'd like to share with you um, some of my tips, uh, some things that I think are important and give you some some of my tips for the week. And so um, for those of you who are going to sell your home, my suggestion always is to, you know, you can ask friends who will tell you, oh, I had a great broker and this is their name, and this is the company they work for, and certainly you can make a call and have them come over. But I would strongly advise that you interview more than one broker, um, that you interview at least two or three brokers, um, and don't just go with somebody just because somebody tells you that they're good. I think it's really important that you really have a connection with that broker and that you feel Um, You feel comfortable and you feel that they've given you some good advice. And the first thing that you want to ask them is, uh, can you show me what my competition is at the moment? And when I say that, um, when they say, well, brokers tell you the price. Well, it's not the brokers tell you the price. Your competition when you're selling a home is what somebody can buy in the area that you are in that's similar that's your competition. What can they see? So if there's a lot of homes on the market, um, obviously, then they have a lot of choices and there'll probably be somebody who'll be very flexible, some that or not. Um, but we're in a, in a market where there's not a whole lot of inventory. So it's important to be out there, to know what's out there. Um, to, If you're a seller, I also advise you to go to some open houses in the area And see what your competition actually is let's say I'm gonna be selling my homes, so let me see similar homes in my area that are for sale and walk in with you know walk in and see them you could even tell the sellers that you're there just because you're thinking of selling your home and you just want to get a feel for what's out there and how they're priced that's number one then you must ask them for a marketing report in other words Usually by the time something closes, it's six months. It takes about before they record it and close it. It it could take about six months before that's recorded. So sometimes you're dealing with six-month-old properties and the market could have changed by then. So what you want to know is not only what closed that's at 6 months old that they have and recorded, but what's currently on the market. And if you have a good broker, they'll probably know what did not close yet but have an idea of what's in contract and what that price went for. Um, And I think that that is really important. Have, you know, have that broker do a marketing report and then what you wanna ask them also is, okay, what is your marketing plan? Now, most, most places have MLSs and of course it's not that difficult to put a home on MLS and of course I think it's a plus because now all the brokers get to see it and all the brokers get to see that inventory and know that your home is on the market. So, of course, they're probably going to say, you know, you should put it on an MLS listing, um, which is great. But what else are you going to do? How are you going to promote my product? What is your market? Ask them that question. You should have them put their marketing plan in writing. What are they gonna do? How are they gonna advertise it? Um, what properties are you competing with? Okay, and then look at how long it took things to sell in your area. And brokers have that information. They'll know if if a property has been on the market a long time. Um, and if you see properties on the market for six months, and we're in a market where there's not a lot of inventory in most places, I can't speak to every place in the United States of America, but for most part, we have um, a shortage of, 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 of inventory. So you want to see how long that's been on the market. If something's been on the market, six months, eight months, that, and today, you know, the average time is... Probably less than three months now. Um, so, if it's on for a long time, more than likely, whatever the price is, probably too high, or maybe there's something really not, you know, something maybe structurally wrong with this property. It's, you know, and I would also advise you to prepare your home for sale. And believe me, I know you're going to think this is weird, but put your property's best foot forward. So get your property ready to show clean it out if you have a lot of stuff because we tend to accumulate a lot of stuff even if you have to put it in storage the less the better i would have all my windows cleaned i would if you have um maybe um walls that need a fresh coat of paint always paint something neutral like an off-white something that you know is a neutral color so that the Play sparkles because most people are visual and i can't tell you how much of a difference it makes when a house shows well okay and some people really don't put a lot of time into getting their house ready and it's probably one of the biggest financial investments that you have so you want to make sure that it shows its best so you clean out the clutter make sure everything is shining if you have uh, kids and you have the magnets with all their reports and all their pictures that they drew you want to just put them in a folder and keep them um, but you want to take all that clutter out as I said extra furniture take out if you have some old rugs you know you're going to find that under sometimes old rugs that are worn there is beautiful hardwood floors and you don't have to spend a lot of money in just getting them buffed and rebuffed And then, of course, on the outside, because a lot of people pass by a home. And if they pass by a home and they like it, then they like the location. They like the outside. So now it's a matter of inside. So make sure that your lawns are manicured. and Make sure that, you know, you you might want to put some flowers outside. Uh, Make sure that you don't have a lot of junk in the yard. uh, Because it really does make a difference. I once was on a show where they gave me, uh, I think they gave me five thousand dollars, and they said they sent me to an area I didn't even know, and they said here's five thousand dollars. You have twenty four hours, fix this house. It's been on the market six months. What would you do in fi- what would you do in twenty four hours that you can have done? Well, I called up all my friends and we pulled up the rugs, we washed the wind, we had window cleaners, uh, we got painters in really quick to do it. White. And I'm not kidding. Um, If I can find it, I have it somewhere. I will post it. Um, The house that was on the market for months and months and months sold in a matter of um, two weeks from the time that I put those improvements in. And that was really not doing anything major. I mean, we're not changing kitchens, we're not changing bathrooms, we're just cleaning it up, cleaning out the clutter, and making it sparkle. Um, you can buy air wicks or some type of those. You know, you plug them in and they have a nice scent. And, and you know, the house always smells nice. Um, if you have uh, dogs, I would advise you to either tie them up or keep them away. And, of course, there's a lot of first, so make sure that everything is vacuumed. And remember something. First question are so important so when you're selling your house make sure you get it ready to sell prepare it make it look good before you actually put it on the market that's my tip for the day Um, it is beautiful outside have a lovely weekend and we'll be back next week with more tips on buying and selling real estate have a great weekend everybody